Freight Waves continues to fall. The incredibly sad story of Indianapolis-based carrier Seldon Group abruptly shutting its doors, leaving 4,000 people without jobs weeks before Christmas. We here at Freight Waves want to help. Freight Waves has established a free job board for companies to post their openings and for people looking for employment in the freight industry to share their resumes. There's no cost for anyone to participate. Hundreds of jobs have already been added to the site. If you're looking for employment or have a job to post, head to FreightWaves.careers. Hello. So uh, I'm Bill Driegert, uh, head of operations co-founder of Uber Freight, and here to talk about how the Uberization of freight is changing logistics. Uh, before I do that, uh, first I want to give a shout out to uh, Craig Fuller and the FreightWaves team. Uh, what they've done in four years is amazing. The quality of this event continues to improve. Uh, quite, quite impressed. Uh, but right after uh, my session, Craig and Matt Silver are going to come on stage to argue what city is the best uh, for logistics. And I'm sorry, Craig, but it's, uh, it's Chicago. So, so I'm always happy to get to Chicago. So for Uber Freight, uh, Chicago uh, has a lot of meaning. It is our headquarters. Uh, we've committed to invest over $200 million a year over the next five years in Chicago, adding 2,000 jobs uh, and rehabbing the old post office. So always excited to be here, even though my flight was delayed five hours and it's 10 degrees here. Uh, it's still, still nice to get here. Uh, so Uberization of freight, what does that mean? And also note that I say Uberization, um, not digital freight matchification or digital freight brokerization. Um, those terms don't quite carry that same weight. Uh, when we say Uber, it means something in our mind, right? We immediately relate to our experience with Uber and how easy that is, and I can pull out my phone, I can hit a button, a car shows up. Uh, that's beyond just the matching, right? That's beyond the, the person in the middle. Um, in fact, if you say digital freight brokerage, I think that kind of misses the point a little bit uh, because part of the purpose of this technology is to, is to connect the carriers and the shippers directly, right? To make nobody be in the middle there, right? So you don't have that same relationship. Uh, it's a whole different experience. And what is that experience? Well, I boil it down to three things. One, it's reliable. I know that if I pull my phone out, that there's going to be a car there, uh, and that I know that I can hit that button and that car is going to show up, right? It's also, it's transparent. I see the price. I see where the car is. I know what I paid. There's no, like, unknowns. There's no information asymmetry. It's all there, right? Uh, and then it's flexible. It's flexible for me and that all of a sudden, and it's flexible for our drivers, right? All of a sudden, I have different options. Maybe I'll have that one more drink and take the Uber home. I think about my life and how I get around differently. All of a sudden, I have more options, more optionality. And so when we say Uberization of freight, it's really how do we bring all of that through technology to logistics to freight? And why now? We are in the middle of a digital transformation. Our market is changing. Uh, several things are driving that. I think most notably, smartphones. Uh, and why is that so important? Well, when I got into this industry, uh, and we focused on technology, we focused on technology in our four walls. How do we make our operations more efficient? Because we didn't expect that we could actually reach out to the carrier and to the driver and change how they do business and how they work. Uh, with smartphones, we can. Right? We can create a new experience. We can start to optimize those endpoints. And it's not just about solving in the four walls. Uh, as well, we have a lot more data, right? Sensor costs are going down. There's a lot more tracking data out there. There's a lot of da more data to make sense of, which leads to that last point. So 10 years ago, we were talking about big data. Now everybody has a data science team. 
uh, how we use that data. We're getting smarter. We're starting to find those insights that were always buried in the data that we never quite got to. Uh, and with all that, we can do things that we couldn't do before. All of a sudden, we can do real-time pricing. We can make better sense of the market. We can think smarter about how we book and manage freight. Uh, so talking about the three tenets, I'll start with reliability. So what is reliability? Uh, it's an instant and dense network, right? It's a network that will always react to my needs, that will always have a truck where I need a truck or load where I need a load. So how do we get there? One, you, you gotta have density. Uh, so here's a quick snapshot of what our network looks like on a given day. You can see all the major cities. Those little blue dots are drivers down within the app interacting with the app in real time, and the little red dots are when drivers book a load. So it's easy to visualize that if you have fewer dots in the map, you have a less reliable network. The chance that I put a load on the board and that somebody actually picks that up goes down if I have less density. Uh, so density is essential to drive reliability in the network. Um, the other thing that makes the network reliable is that it's 24-7, right? So for us, these are all bookings that happen after hours. 30% of our freight moves outside of normal business hours. And if you think about how that changes the picture on reliability, all of a sudden you have loads getting booked at 2 a.m., at 3 a.m. You have a true 24-7 network. It's not, just not working on the same schedule uh, that the, a broker or an intermediary or normal office hours require. And that means that all of a sudden you have more optionality uh, and you can do things that you never could do before. If you imagine it from a carrier perspective, all of a sudden I don't have to work on somebody else's schedule I can book a load at 8 p.m., I can go to bed, I don't have to worry about it, right? It's just a better way of operating. Again, back to the how do you actually change the behavior and optimize the endpoints, all of a sudden they have, different, they have a different way of behaving or acting or operating in the market that they didn't have before. And that allows for magical moments like this to happen. So I always ask my team, like, give me like, some really cool anecdote or something that happened that's just like, could not have happened without this technology. We're always looking for these examples, and this is a good one. So this is a load that was, uh, had a 12.30 a.m. appointment. Uh, the load bounced at 11.50 p.m. And without anybody picking up the phone, another carrier booked that load at 12.15 a.m. and arrived at 12.30 a.m. And during the day, we have examples like this during the daytime all the time, but uh, I wanted to find a good one overnight. And that just would not have happened uh, in, uh, without having that instant access, that instant availability. As soon as we actually let carriers book them or bounce themselves in the application, which at first glance sounds a little crazy, right? But why? Because if you bounce instantaneously, we can recover instantaneously. That load goes on the market immediately. We can notify drivers, right? That's what technology, that's what Uberization allows for, that instant reliability, recovery. Uh, we call it a self-healing network, right? You don't have to pick up the phone because uh, you can imagine if this required phone calls and emails and faxes, it's very unlikely we would have been able to recover that load in that same amount of time, and for any reasonable rate. And so with that density then, you also get um, high acceptance rates. So one thing that shippers, well so this last year acceptance rates were particularly high. It was 95% plus across the market. Uh, I, I love to look at the sonar uh, rejection uh, rate in, uh, index, because this tells us something about the reliability of the network. What happens, so one thing that happened this year, because the network was more reliable, is that more shippers started, started talking about reducing their carriers, the number of carriers in the network. Why do they think about that? Well, because 
if you have 99% plus tender acceptance, then you don't need as many carriers, right? So if I pull out my phone and I know that if I hit the button, Uber's going to show up, then I'm not going to go to the next app, right? I don't have five apps because I don't worry that the first one's going to show up. If you think about, if I think back to when I used to order taxis, I actually heard somebody tell me this story uh, about when Uber came to market in San Francisco about how they used to call three to four different taxis and wait to see which one showed up first and just take that taxi because they had no faith that, every ta- that any of them would show up. And if none of them showed up, then they would just go to the bar and have another drink, right? So if you think about that analogy in trucking, that's how we operate today, right? We, we accept low acceptance rates. I'm going to reject this load because I don't, the market's not favorable, I don't have a truck, whatever the reasons are. Um, but once you start having high acceptance rates, as a shipper, you're thinking about the market differently. It'll be interesting to see what happens in 2020, but what we saw in 2019 is that we had a very reliable network because it was a soft market, and shippers started to expect that reliability. Right? The truck's going to show up. The carrier's going to accept my load. I don't need as many carriers. It's a reliable network. Uh, that changes how you procure in the market. Um, and to get there, though, you need density. Again, so one more density stat. 92% of the loads are, are viewed within 10 minutes. And so it's also it's about transparency. And so when I pull out that app again, I see the rate. Um, my experience is that I just I trust it because it's immediate, it's accessible, all that information is visible. Uh, in this industry, there's historically a lack of transparency. Uh, there's a lot of information asymmetry. If I'm a shipper, what, what does that mean? That means if I want to find a rate, I got to make phone calls, I got to send emails, I got to send faxes, I have to work through a spot portal, I got to wait for responses and hope that people respond. Um, that's not how it's going to operate five to 10 years. That's not how Uber operates, right? You see the rate, you execute, you know what to expect. If, as a shipper, I know that I can get a rate instantaneously, if I know I can get a signal in the market, I can see capacity, I have a guaranteed truck, and I can do that in seconds, I also start to make decisions differently, right? Just the same, again, as if I know that I can see a car, I know what price it is, I can order it, I know how to, like, I'm making a decision in real time around how I'm going to get around the city, how I'm going to get to the restaurant, how I'm going to get to the airport. Uh, I can make those decisions in real time. So if I'm a shipper, I'm trying to make a decision right now about whether I should keep running my production line because I don't know if I can get that one more truck or I should stop it because otherwise I'm just going to be uh, building inventory that I have no room to store. If I'm trying to make that decision right now, I don't have a lot of options. And if, if it, it's even worse if it's a Friday night at 7 p.m., right? What do I do? Historically, I just don't have an option. I got to wing it, right? Maybe I pick up the phone. Maybe I get a rough rate. Maybe I don't know if it's going to pick up, right? I, I don't have a lot of options. All of a sudden, I've got price transparency. That changes how I think about the market. Um, it's also on the carrier side, it means the market clears faster. So one thing, one thing that we do um, is we don't bid, right? So a driver pulls out the application. They see a rate. They hit a button. They book it, and that's the rate. Uh, why is that important? So one... Uh, from a carrier perspective, once I've made that commitment, I've made that commitment. I've bought it. Right? It's the Amazon versus eBay. I go to eBay, I put a bid in. Maybe I get it, maybe I don't, but I'm not confident if I'm going to get it or not. I go to Amazon, I hit a button, I've got it. Right? I know it's going to arrive. It's going to get there tomorrow by, by 10 a.m. Right? That confidence means something. So on the carrier side, it means I hit a button, I've got it. It clears the market faster. Um, it means that I'm also I'm not looking at other options. Right? I've hit the button, and it's done. Uh, and it's easy. And I'm not worried that somebody else is going to get it. Right? Somebody's going to come and underbid me. Right? I know that it's done. I hit the button, I go to sleep, I wake up in the morning, I pick up the load. I'm not worried about it. Right? That's a very different uh, experience. 
And so how do you get there? Well, again, back to that data science, and you need, you need data. Uh, you need a lot of smart people working on these problems because to generate real-time prices requires a lot of data, a lot of intel. Um, within our application, we look at history, we look at driver history, we look at how many books uh, or how many people are in the app, how much capacity do we have available, how much do we have to clear in the market, how many loads uh, are posted. All of that goes in to calculate the prices uh, in real time. Right? But those prices, too, adjust. Uh, they adjust based on time, they adjust based on market. Uh, all of that data goes in to give a real-time price that allows us to clear that market efficiently and make that market reliable, instantaneous, to allow us to get those kind of one-minute books. Right? So that example earlier where the load is booked in the middle of the night, we had to put a price that we knew that load was going to cover or get covered. Right? So um, we had to put a higher rate. Right? It's the middle of the night. We knew what drivers were on the system. We knew who we needed to notify. We knew what price might clear the market. But the only important thing is that we wanted to get that load covered. Uh, but the system does all that automatically. On the shipper side, um, so there's been a lot of momentum in the market around providing more visibility. This is becoming more and more of an expectation. Uh, so earlier today, we, we uh, heard from uh, uh, Jet uh, from P44 and Paige from SAP talking about their uh, relationship or their collaboration. And we're seeing technology providers like P44 and others that are providing more and more visibility, more integration and tracking capability within our application, right? So the driver logs in, they, they see it. Uh, we're, we're tracking that driver in real time. Uh, the expectations of shippers is moving. Uh, so providers such as ourselves and others are elevating that and creating a different uh, expectation on real time visibility. The expectation is that I can see my truck every 30 minutes, right? Versus historically, I know that it's just phone calls and maybe once a, once a day updates. Um, but that creates more trust, right? And it's not that you're going to be looking at this as a shipper every day. It's that when you need to, it's there and that you can trust it, right? Um, facility rating. So this is something that I'm particularly excited about. Uh, and it's really about that next layer of transparency, allowing carriers to provide feedback directly to shippers. And how do you open that conversation so that shippers all of a sudden have access to information that they otherwise would not be aware of or maybe sensed or knew but didn't have concrete data, and all of a sudden you have data. Um, we have uh, over half of all of our shipments actually have a, uh, a review put in, meaning the driver actually types out a review, which is an extraordinarily high number. But what that tells us is that drivers, they want their voice to be heard, they want to engage, they want to provide that conversation back uh, to the shippers as well as other carriers. Uh, but it's another layer of transparency in that all of a sudden you have information that you didn't have before. That transparency, as where before, uh, the carrier may just have a bad experience and felt like there was no channel to vent or provide that feedback. All of a sudden you have a channel. So reliability and transparency, that allows for flexibility in operations. Uh, so I touched on this a little bit before, but all of a sudden now, right, APIs are kind of taking over the market in terms of pricing and that... Uh, we and others are providing real-time pricing APIs where shippers can just plug in and get that instant price and immediately understand where the market is and start to make decisions about that, start to plan differently and think differently about their operations. Because if I know what the price is when I'm making a decision around maybe I'm deciding where I'm going to make uh, a particular flavor next week or next month, uh, maybe I'm trying to understand when and where I should reallocate inventory and I don't have real-time rates. I'm using rates that are maybe 12 months old that are not 
maybe reliable. Uh, that versus being able to immediately tap in and see what the market is doing and integrate that into my operations and my planning, it again, it changes uh, the experience and how shippers go to market. Um, it also means much more efficient operations, right? So uh, we've, uh, we've announced integrations with SAP and Mercury Gate. Um, I see this as where the market is going, is that more and more uh, TMS and, and more and more providers will be looking for that access to instant pricing. Uh, because what does it allow? It also allows much more efficiency in the tendering process and execution process. You can get a rate. Right now in our, um, in our platform, if I'm a small shipper, I can log into the platform, I can put a load in, I hit a button, we have loads that book in seconds. Right? That whole process can take a matter of minutes, meaning that from load creation to execution to the driver being on the road can happen in a matter of minutes. Um, that just could not have happened historically. Right? It can't happen without compressing that transaction, taking the people out of it, making the whole thing uh, electronic and automated. Flexibility. The other uh, shift I see happening in the market that uh, we have a product called PowerLoop, which is it's really about flexible capacity on the trailer side. Uh, it opens up a lot more op options for both drivers and shippers. From a driver perspective, if I'm a small carrier, um, all of a sudden, I can move freight that otherwise then maybe I didn't have access to. I can start running drop operations. If I'm a single owner operator, I typically can't participate in this type of freight. All of a sudden, I have flexibility, right? It's a different experience. So I'm right at time. I actually see one minute left, so uh, I think I timed it just right. But uh, so in summary, like, what is Uberization? Uh, it's, it's reliability. It's having that instant access, that visibility, which changes how I think about procuring because all of a sudden I can just hit a button and have a truck, right, or hit a button and have a load, which changes my experience. It's the transparency. And what's happening in this market uh, is transparency, the envelope of what's required, the threshold for what's required from shippers in terms of transparency and carriers is pushing farther and farther and farther, right? That's, it's been a trend in the space. There are a lot of tech companies and partners and providers in this room right now that are trying to push that boundary, improve transparency, uh, improve visibility to what's happening with freight, what's happening with prices, um, and then flexibility. Right? So ultimately, you combine those two things, and all of a sudden, you have a lot more flexibility in how you run your operations. Uh, you don't spend as much time in the procurement process sourcing trucks you have a lot more faith that that truck will show up because you trust it and you can see it and you can watch it actually come uh, on its way. And you know, your planning processes change, your procurement processes change. This is a shift that I think we see more and more in the market. Uh, and as this, these capabilities become more standard, our expectation is that like, it will become the default. If I don't, I don't uh, of course I work for Uber, so of course I don't call taxis anymore. But <laughs> I'm guessing there's a lot of people in this room that don't call taxis anymore. And, and maybe there's that one day where you're like, the taxi line is short and your Uber is long and you take that taxi and then you remember, okay, well, oh yeah, I've got, I, I gotta pay them at the end, right? I can't just get out of the car. Um, right, so the, your whole expectation of how you get around is shifted. And after you've kind of experienced that and it's easier, you don't have to worry about all, this, all these ancillary challenges and friction about, oh, I'm gonna pay the credit card, he's not gonna want it, and then, they say, oh, my machine's broken, and, I, and right, you don't have to deal with any of that anymore. And we still have to deal with a lot of that uh, in freight. And that's where the opportunity is, and that's really what will shift and what Uberization is. So uh, thank you. I appreciate the time.